Hi, this is Eve Decker. Welcome to my podcast, Loved, Mindful and Musical Perspectives on Daily Life. Episode 5, Managing Difficult Emotions. What are difficult emotions? Difficult emotions are emotions that cause us pain, like fear, anger, and sorrow. In challenging times, what can we do to manage these emotions well rather than increase them? Typically, when something happens that activates difficult emotions, our minds employ strategies that may not serve us. Hardwired habits draw us to either a hypervigilant and overstimulating focus on the problem or a paralyzed avoidance. Have you experienced an addictive pull to the news, even though you can see how it's amping up your anxiety and minute-by-minute updates are not necessary in order to stay informed? And, or, have you experienced a sense of shutdown and apathy, finding it hard to self-motivate and take action that you know would benefit yourself and others? In either or both cases, you are not alone. These are normal ways to respond to painful emotions like fear, anger, and grief. Obsessing on a problem or going into shutdown around it correlate with our nervous system's evolved response to danger, fight, flight, or freeze. Staying overly involved with and aggravated by a problem parallels the fight response to danger, reacting and engaging. The fight response historically kept our ancestors alive in the face of threat. But when the thing you're fighting is an unending flood of information, your system gets overtaxed. There isn't an end. Our ancestors fought bears or snakes, things like that. The fight was short, and you either made it or you didn't. A fight with information, whether it's external or repeated internal beliefs, can go on forever, and our systems weren't made for that. We can become exhausted, and the fight doesn't alleviate our distress. Shutting down and becoming apathetic in the face of difficult emotions parallels the flight and freeze responses of our systems. These also have been excellent strategies for certain forms of danger in our evolutionary history, but don't usually serve us as well now. We're not successfully overcoming pain by freezing or hiding out. When the pain is coming from unending frightening news in the world or repetitive negative thinking in our own minds. Like fighting, fleeing and freezing are nervous system responses designed for short-term, present-moment danger. We all do the best we can with our fear, grief, or anger and the primal responses our brain has evolved. But there's good news, and that is this. We have also evolved other strategies for managing emotional pain. We are mammals, and all mammals have a caregiving system hardwired into our brains. And we're humans with the capacity to investigate for ourselves what actions and practices actually support a deepening in both ease and wise response to challenge. Mindful self-compassion 
a system developed by Kristen Neff and Christopher Germer, utilizes three energies that tap into the mammalian caregiving system. They all offer a courageous and healing response to ourselves and others facing difficult emotions. These three energies are mindfulness, common humanity, and kindness. Mindfulness, or bringing our awareness to this very present moment, this one, right now, allows our senses to perceive and tell us what's actually happening in the present moment, rather than being lost in a parade of frightened or negative thinking that can keep the fight-flight-freeze response activated. Common humanity, or perceiving that we are not alone in our struggle, helps us calm and dismantle the shame and fear that arise when we think we are alone with our particular stress. And kindness, meeting pain with acceptance, love, and patience, rather than dislike and avoidance, brings the healing energy of compassion to ourselves and others when we're experiencing difficult emotions. Okay, so then how do we learn to meet difficult emotions with mindfulness, common humanity, and kindness? It isn't instantaneous or easy, both because of our poor system overusing fight, flight, and freeze for chronic challenges, and because many of us have not been taught how to do it. Fortunately, it's never too late to learn, and results can happen pretty quickly when we feel willing to try. 13th century Persian poet, Islamic scholar, and Sufi mystic Rumi offers a poetic and startling description of meeting difficult emotions with awareness and kindness. It's called the guest house. This being human is a guest house. Every morning a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness. Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all, even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture. Still, treat each guest honorably. They may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice. Meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whatever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. Coming to a place of acceptance and kindness towards difficult emotions can take time, but the power that can come from this effort reflects some of the most beautiful energies we see in heroic people, courage, compassion, and wisdom. When we can see through the fog of the fight-flight-freeze response and be guided by our deepest values rather than fear, the resulting well-being and capacity for service can be wonderful, even in the midst of profound obstacles. In the Mindful Self-Compassion Program, there is a three-tiered practice for working with difficult emotion that involves mindfulness, common humanity, and kindness. These are practices you can try together or separately and see for yourself 
if they calm or redirect your mind and nervous system. The mindfulness aspect of the practice is called labeling emotions. It's a mindfulness practice because we're aware in the moment of a difficult emotion and we're bringing our attention to it enough to be able to name it. Naming or labeling emotions helps us get a little bit of distance from them. A study from 2007 showed that when we label difficult emotions, the fight-flight-free system becomes less active and is less likely to trigger a stress response in the body. A catchy phrase to describe the effect of bringing mindfulness to difficult emotions is, quote, name it and you tame it, unquote. Whenever you wish, you can try it. Is there a difficult emotion in your system right now? Can you gently name it? Is it fear, anxiety, confusion, grief, anger? Name it kindly and breathe around it. Naming and taming. The common humanity aspect of meeting difficult emotions is called mindfulness of emotion in the body. Research suggests that emotions are associated with distinct, culturally universal parts of the body. Locating an emotion in the body and holding that sensation with non-judgmental awareness gives us a chance to tend and befriend our reactive response rather than make it worse through dislike or avoidance. All of us have bodies, and our bodies all hold stress. We are not alone. The catchy phrase for this one is, quote, feel it and you heal it, unquote. So the questions for this practice are, where is this challenging emotion in your body? What does it feel like? That's it. The third and final practice in this series of exercises is a kindness practice. It's bringing compassion rather than negativity to the difficult emotion. In mindful self-compassion, this practice is called soften, soothe, allow. Physically softening around the felt sense of the emotion is kind to the body. Using internal language to soothe ourselves like, whoa, this is hard, or I care about this pain, is emotionally soothing. And with understanding about the universality of stress and difficulty, Like in Rumi's poem, when we can bring acceptance to difficult emotion rather than making it harder by fighting or freezing, we're giving the mind a break and creating mental kindness. When a difficult emotion is present and you've named it and felt it in the body, try softening around it. Just imagine gently physically softening around that part of the body. Even just softening around the edges and bringing in some soothing language, like you might say to a friend, ah, I'm sorry you're feeling this way. I care. And finally, bringing in a sense of allowing, allowing the feeling to be there, and yourself to be how you are, just like this, if only for this moment. What I've seen in people I consider to be great heroes like Gandhi, the Dalai Lama, Jane Goodall, and Maya Angelou, to name just a few, is not perfection or freedom from challenge, 
but willingness to meet pain with awareness and kindness. It's something we can do, too, so that rather than being trapped in fight, flight, or freeze, we can move through more of what life presents and our natural difficult emotions with courage, clarity, and strength. Once, while holding what seemed to be endless pain in my heart and working on staying present and patient with it, I thought about the many heroic people who create a meaningful life in spite of pain, and I wrote this song. It's called Sand Makes a Pearl. Tender, surrounded by a shell This armor doesn't keep the sand out well And with these grains in here, what are you gonna do? Will you curse the very water that you come from? Will you curse the very water that you live in? Will you curse this water? Sand everywhere Sand as far as the sea is blue Stay right here Send me 
podcast was produced, recorded, and edited by my brother, Ben Decker. For information about individual or group Dharma coaching sessions, classes, and live concerts, go to my website, evedecker.com. There, you can also buy and download music from any of my five albums. Thank you for listening to my podcast, Loved. We are love. we are love.